This is the Sneaky Plays Podcast, presented by JokerMag.com. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Sneaky Plays Podcast, NCAA tournament version. You could you could call it that. Um, Chris Morris, joined by my fellow counterpart, per usual, Dom Fierro. Dom, how you doing? Did you enjoy the games this weekend? I did not. <laughs> uh, well, you got to give me this why you've, you've been saying. I enjoyed, you enjoyed I enjoyed the games. The, I'm curious to know. I enjoyed the games partly. I was pretty angry after Thursday after Seton Hall got bounced. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Oh, rightfully so. That was that was that was tough. Yeah, and part of my argument about that will come up, and I think you should be equally as mad uh, about it too about Villanova losing. So yeah, I mean I am, but you know when you win two championships in three years and they were just kind of down this year in general with all the talent they lost. I can't, you know, it was a little disappointing seeing them get crushed the way they did, but I mean, it's been a great run. Yeah. Uh, so let me get your opinion first before I kind of go into this little rant of mine. Okay. What do you think over the weekend? And I'm talking break down like the first round and the second round for me. What you think of the first round? What you think of the second round? So Thursday through Sunday, the whole thing. Um, I enjoyed the first round more just because there were probably more compelling games, even though there weren't, I mean, you're probably going to say this, there weren't a ton. Um, I mean, the second round was just basically full of blowouts. I mean, Saturday got really ugly after, uh, after the first game of the day, which was Maryland LSU, which was a great game. Um, after that, it was really nothing. I mean, every game was basically over at halftime. Um, and Sunday was sort of the same thing, except for the Duke UCF game saving us, which was definitely the game of the tournament so far. I think, um, first round was better. Um, you know, not too many upsets. I kind of like it when there's not too many upsets like last year, for example, I think, I mean, there, there were obviously great stories with Loyola, Chicago, um, Kansas state made a run. There were some other teams, uh, Florida State, they made a run too, and and I like all that and all, but you know when it's when it comes down to it, when it's done, I want to see the best teams playing in the second weekend, playing in the final four, playing with a chance to go to the final four. Um, you know, if if there's too many upsets and you get kind of goofy matchups, like for example, say it would have been like a St. Mary's versus Oklahoma, you know, Elite Eight, something like that, which you know is similar here in some of the regions um, that just to me doesn't make for as good a product. Cause I mean, we want to see the best players. We want to see the best teams. Like that would have been incredible. If UCF could have pulled that off on, on Sunday being Duke and they, they really deserve to win. Honestly, I mean, Duke got lucky. I kind of thought they got outplayed. Um, I mean, Aubrey Dawkins, Johnny Dawkins son, who was the coach had the game of his life. Um, I mean, they really deserve to win that game. They seen, I mean, they were outplaying Duke down the stretch too. seemed like they made more winning plays. Duke got a little lucky. Um, and that would have been incredible, but I mean, part of me would have also been bummed if they had lost that game. Like, I mean, I don't like Duke, obviously, but I mean, I want to see Zion play as deep into the tournament as possible. I mean, seeing Zion on a final four stage, I think would be incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's sort of my, my general takeaway. I don't think it's been a bad tournament by any means, um, but sort of lacking a little bit in, uh, the compelling game category. Um, and while there's not, you know, I, I said, I don't like upsets all that much, a couple here and there, uh, there really haven't been any so far. And I'm sort of hoping maybe, you know, some of these one or two seeds get knocked off this weekend by say a team like Florida state, like Auburn, um, four or five seeds like that. I think that would make for, for some compelling action. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, 
I, I enjoyed it. I mean, I always enjoy it. Have there been better years? Yeah, definitely. Um, but I don't think it's been bad by any means. Yeah, so to me, I think it's been a so-so tournament so far. Uh, for one, like, I agree with you that the best team, I want to see the best teams play, you know, because you don't really get to see that out of conference. Sometimes you do. Like we saw Duke and Zaga early in the year. That was an outstanding game, probably the year, in my opinion, before this Duke-UCF game. Uh, but other than that, it's kind of like, you know, don't try – I feel like they try to make it the NCAA. They try to make it that, oh, I want to upset in the first round, so let's do this and let's do that and whatnot. And I think the whole seeding part is just awful. Uh, to me, I don't think Seton Hall had deserved a 10 seed and to go up against a seven-seeded mid-major. You know, I don't think Villanova deserved a six seed and then Marquette deserved a five seed. They're just different teams. So those are just three teams I'm talking about, Buffalo and Nevada. Two other teams, I didn't think they deserved to be seeded that high, especially Buffalo, who had a, a, you know, you expect them for a six seed, I'm expecting them to run through the back, and they didn't. They lost a few games in the back. Right. You know, so to me – Wiped off the floor on Sunday too. Yeah. So to me, I feel like any team that's not in a so-called power five, you know, conference that you say in football – and. I'll throw the Big East in there, too, because the Big East, I mean, I know it was down this year, but those teams played good. Like, Villanova went out out of conference, played good teams. Uh, right. Seton Hall went yeah, out. Seton Hall did, too. No, yeah. definitely. Seton Hall went out, played good teams. Marquette got blown out to Indiana. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, they 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 were the one team that really didn't play a very tough out-of-conference schedule in the Big East. Yeah. And so, like, some of these games and, like, the whole Belmont debate – uh you know, should they have been in? And they ended up getting in. Obviously, they put up a good uh, fight against Temple. But even that game was like, why? I don't know about you, but watching that game against Temple for Belmont, I felt like that game deserved to be like an NIT game. <laughs> yeah, that was ugly. That was not pretty on, on either side. It felt yeah. like Belmont was better, but they kind of like slept, walked through the first, you know, first half and then the first half of the second half. And then it was like, all right, we'll wake up and try now. And then they kind of beat Temple and Temple just, I mean, couldn't hit shots at all. That was an ugly game. Yeah, and the, for me, what I would love to see for this tournament, and I think it's eventually going to have to do this. I think as these teams get bigger and bigger, you know, the Dukes want every one every as a one every year. Virginia starting to become a one every year. Kentucky's always a one or two. Uh, to me, I think then you're going to end up having to take the top sixty-eight teams, whether you win your conference or not. Uh, I know it's a little shocking to say. Obviously, winning your conference should mean something, and it very well could. But I'm just tired of seeing these teams like like a Wofford. I know they had a great year, great you know, great offense the whole year. Played some good teams, but to them to get a seven seed, I feel like is embarrassing. You know, so you don't you would eliminate like the mid majors not entirely, but like if you're not if you're a mid major and say even if you win your conference tournament, but you aren't one of the top sixty eight, you, you, you should you tournament. I, I think you should. I mean, yeah, you, maybe you get. You know, I feel like, see, that's like taking away. I don't want to take away from winning your conference. You know, obviously it's a big thing. Uh-huh. But I feel like that should almost matter for like a regular season type deal, you know? And the I feel that. Tournament. I don't want to do away at the conference tournament either. But at the same time, you know, I'll take the Big East, for example. I don't want to see a Butler team that played crap the whole Big East, you know, tournament or the whole uh-huh. Big East season. And then somehow they end up winning. I don't want to see that, you know? I understand that. No, there, there's, a, there's a point to that. I mean – it doesn't happen often to where, you know, a team that's like a lesser team that was that was middling 
I guess it happens more in the mid-majors just because, you know, those teams aren't as dominant. Like, it very rarely happens if you see, I don't know, like Georgia win the SEC or something like yeah. that. They'll make the tournament. I mean, that doesn't happen often. Um, my only argument to that is, like, I mean, I like giving the, the mid-majors a shot just because I think it is cool seeing them play, you know, the, the higher competition and the top seeds. Um, and I think it's thrilling, you know, to see these guys compete at the highest level and to possibly snag an upset. Um, I don't enjoy watching, you know, I don't, I mean, I'm not saying you suggested it, but I mean, the, the counterpart would be more, um, you know, power five conference teams getting in more mediocre power. I mean, I don't want to see teams like, uh, I mean, who's a, who's a power five team that was on the fringe this year that, that didn't get in like, like a Texas, um, like a Texas. Yeah. yeah. Team like, that. like, I don't, I don't need more teams like that. Like these teams, Indiana, you know, they play th- these big schools all year and they're, mediocre at best we know they're not good we see them on espn all the time they don't deserve a shot we don't need to see that so um, i mean i'm more in favor of giving the mid-majors a shot yeah and uh, see i'm in agreement with that i don't want like i'm not saying like take all 68 teams and hope that they're all from the big 12 big 10 big east you know whatever i'm saying go and take teams that like a north dakota state for example finish fourth or fifth in their conference in the race. right okay yeah that's, that's and, and won their and won their conference tournament ends up going to play Duke and play Duke tough. I like seeing mid majors in a tournament. I just feel like they should be one you know they should be a top sixty eight team to get into a tournament. I uh, see. So like yeah, I mean it's an almost like a football, almost like college football where you know you occasionally you would get the you know whether it's a Boise State or uh you know, you name name someone. I don't even know. I'm I'm like Fresno going, State. I, or I'm like yeah, like uh, Fre- UCS State. usually good at football. Yeah, like I'm going blind right now thinking. Uh-huh. So this is like that's how I feel it should be. You should have you know if a Wofford is good enough to be a top 68 team, by all means put them in Buffalo. Top 68 team, put them in Nevada. Put them in uh, Belmont if they are a top 68 team based off of whatever they go off of. Put them in. But I feel like they should be up there because it's kind of taken away from these teams, especially at the mid-major level that do really well all season, go out, play the teams they win. And then you lose one game in conference and it's over. So to me, it's a little bit more of an argument for the mid-majors because that kind of gets them. Cause they play great teams in out of conference season. Yeah. I hear that. You see like a Vermont who goes out and plays maybe a Duke or a North Carolina or a Kentucky, you know, probably almost every other week. In the yeah. True. You know, and that's, no, that's a that's a tough one to decipher. I mean, I hear what you're saying. It's just like, I, I mean, you don't want to de-emphasize the regular season too much, which they kind of do. Um, and obviously, college football is the opposite. I mean, they emphasize the regular season. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's only four teams that get in, as opposed to college basketball, which is 68. Um, but I just don't know how. Like, I don't know if they'd ever get rid of that format because the, it is. I mean, the conference tournaments they are so exciting, but. I guess I hear your point on the, you know, on the sense that you're a mid-major team and you dominate your mid-major conference all year. And then, you know, you lose one game, maybe in a fluky fashion in the conference tournament. And all of a sudden you're out of it now. And yeah. And a team that was mediocre gets in. Yeah, I get that. And, and maybe we are seeing a change because Belmont did get in, but at the same time, it's not a big enough change to me. You know, it's not, you know, I felt in my opinion, I felt firm and, should have been one of those teams that could have been up there. They went out and beat a few good teams, right? A Loyola Chicago. Oh, they, they beat, yeah, they beat Nova Furman. I forgot. Yeah, yeah they didn't. They didn't get yeah. in. 
Furman played beat Nova. Uh, they beat Loyola Chicago. They beat two of the Final Four teams last year. They beat, right. um, and then Loyola Chicago. They played a tough schedule out of conference. They went to play Maryland, Baltimore at one point. I remember. Uh, going back to Furman, they played LSU at LSU and kept it competitive for most of the game. So, like, I have no problem in majors going in, but I think that they should be the top sixty-eight teams. I think they should also do away with the net and come up with some better formula. Hey, the net is terrible. Yeah, I know. I know the Ken Palm is really good. I think that's the best one out there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, this net is ruining this tournament. I feel like too. And yeah, the net. The net screwed up definitely the seating too. I mean, I don't. I don't. I don't really get how the whole formula works, but there were definitely seeds. And I. And I also hear you on the point that you said, like they try to angle it for for matchups sometimes. Yeah. Um, and I don't think that's really fair to some teams in the first round. Like, like you look at the team. Like, I don't think Wisconsin was really all that good, and I wasn't a Wisconsin fan or anything at all. But they got a brutal first round matchup. I mean, Oregon's like arguably the hottest team in the country right now. Won the Pac-12 tournament, and they're a 12 seed, and you got to play them in the first round. And even Marquette too. Like, I know Murray State's not that good outside John Morant, and Marquette hadn't really been playing that well, and they were definitely seeded too high, but also got a tough draw. So like. I mean, I know, I know these teams, you know, somebody's got to play somebody, you know, some teams are just going to get tougher draws. That's that's the way it is. But I wouldn't angle it as much, at least for the first round, based on matchups. You know, you can try to angle it, like, for Sweet 16 Elite 8 matchups. If you see something that, that would work, that would be enticing. Um, like, there's great ma- – I mean, I think the North Carolina-Auburn game is definitely something that they looked at before. Like, that's that could be a hell of a game, and now they're playing in the Sweet 16. But in terms of the first round matchups, maybe make it a little bit more random than just selecting, you know, okay, what what's gonna, you know, pop out to the viewer here? Yeah, and definitely one of those teams I felt like got probably the worst draw of, in my opinion, of the mm-hmm. against Murray State because Murray State's a good team. They could beat up on a lot of, you know, they probably beat up on a few Big East teams. They probably beat up on a few AAC teams. Probably a few Big Ten and Big Twelve teams too. Definitely the SEC, I would say. You know, that's a team, for example, too, that they don't win their conference tournament or they win their conference tournament. And if, I'm, if we're taking the top 68 teams, that's a team that's in, you know? Yeah, so, no, definitely. And I think the other thing they can do if they keep, you know, if they were to go, you know, say 10, 20 years down the road when we're watching games and, you know, our 40s on our recliner, you know, <laughs> here, if we're going to see this, I think they have to do away with these regions, too. I, I I'm. I'm, as part of that, I mean like the location type things with. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. The south, the mid, the midi, or Midwest, or whatever. Midwest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. I think plays a huge part in seeding too. Schedule teams. It does. Yeah. yeah. They, they sometimes will. They change a team's like seeding based on you know their location and where they should be playing. Like the seeding should matter first and foremost. Yeah. Not the location where you're playing. That's what, and I would like to see, and I always say this too about like the Olympics, for example, right? Like, I feel like the Olympics should always be, be, you know, hat, I guess, whatever you call it, the games should be put in either the United States, England, China. Oh, I see. Can maybe. That's interesting. I never thought like, of that. Things like that. Because, I mean, I don't know if you keep up on Olympic stuff. When no, it, I do. Yeah. Like before the Olympics happen, but all these countries start going bankrupt. And what right. before and after the Olympics, uh-huh. but why not put it in places that you know, like for the Olympics, for example, put it in. You know, you know, the United States has what they have, right? You know, they can host anything, summer or winter. You know, England can host 
you know, a lot of summer. You know Canada can host all of winter, you know. Yeah. But not things it's just things like that. So I feel like if they can do that for this tournament where every year, you know, and maybe not every year you have it at the garden or you have it in DC. Uh but I would like to see something more like that where you're not getting six games in Jacksonville or yeah. <laughs> you know, six games in Des Moines, I, Iowa, you know. San Jose, yeah. Yeah. I would yeah. rather see like all right, maybe you put the first round, second round in DC, and then it's at the Garden, you know, or at Barclays. You know, yeah, or, I don't know why they don't play it every year. Play, you know, have have one spot at Barclays, have one at the Garden, have one in yeah. DC, and, have one in Boston. I mean, I guess it, you know they want to give these smaller. You know, you can have some in the smaller cities too, but not. I mean, it's probably a little excessive the way they do it. But if you're going to do like a smaller city for like the Midwest, have it in Oklahoma City every year, right? Yeah, I get have that. it in. Really it, look uh, Dallas, you know, or Houston or something every single year. Don't do it where it's like, oh, well, the first round teams, oh, I don't want to put Seton Hall out west. So I'm going to make them when they deserve to be like a seven seed. So I'm going to put them in, in the uh, Midwest and have them go down to Jacksonville and then have them go to God knows where if they can get back, you know, and get <laughs> no, I, I feel you. you know? There were some goofy places this year, too, more than usual. Hartford. <laughs> Columbus, Salt Lake City got games. Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. Here? Des Moines, Iowa got games. Yeah, Des Moines, that's that's a first. The whole thing is just to me. <laughs> I love your gripes. I'm with you on most of it. Yeah, no, this is what this is what I think is going to make it better. That's the problem. Is that like like you see what college? Like we can even go. We can talk to college football about it, where they have the Rose Bowl every year. You know, one of those mm-hmm. games that you know is getting a playoff game, whether it's right, 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 or the semifinal. Uh, the Orange Bowl, you know, is getting one. You know, um, Dallas at some point is getting one for like a Sugar Bowl type, or uh, I mean, Georgia's getting one for a Sugar Bowl and stuff like that. You know, like those games are always in that place. You know, so if you want to be that good, I feel like the NCAA should have it where, you know, like we said, and you don't have to put it, like I said before, like DC every year is the first and second round, Gardens, Sweet 16, and Final and Elite Eight. Now, if you want to put Boston in there, if you want to put you know, Philadelphia in there, if you want to put wherever, you know, you can alternate it. That's not a problem, but have these cities, you know, host the tournament for that region every single year, because that's going to fix a lot of these seating problems to me. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I, I think there should be something. I like the college football example where, you know, you're playing the Rose Bowl in the same location every year. Um, that would make more sense to me, too. It's it, it that's just a, and a lot of this has to do with seeing Hall getting Wofford and losing, and this is why I said before that you should be mad about Villanova getting blown out by Purdue, because if they're in an East region or if they're in, uh, you know, if say they're in an East region and they're they could be you know a five or six seed in the East region, but they probably get a better matchup if they're in the East region against some team that's also you know relatively closer. You know, maybe it's a team from Ohio or maybe it's a team from Tennessee or something, you know? Yeah. No, that makes sense. Stuff, it's stuff like that that really irks me, you know, that, oh, well, we're going to put this team lower because of this. Or we're going to put this team higher because, you know, oh, it's yeah. Marquette. Uh, yeah, location location should never affect seeding. That, that's terrible. It's just ruining – it's ruining the tournament to me. And it, this year, especially more in others because I felt like this year – it was the thing that really made the seeding awful because they took it into. I mean, I watched bracketology that you know on that Sunday night with Billis and all them, and he was going off about the location how how awful it is that they're giving teams extra boost and giving teams you know 
oh, well, we're just going to send you off here and give you an eight seed or a nine seed. I hear you, yeah. Some teams do get a raw deal with that, definitely. Yeah, so that's just my little rant about what's going on in the tournament. Uh, but going back to kind of recapping it, first round I thought was excellent. Very good matchups. Uh, you know, maybe not on paper, but the games ended up being pretty well uh, or pretty good. Second round was awful. Uh, after that Kentucky Wofford game, I don't think there was a single good game the rest of the day until. Yeah, uh, it, was, it was literally duped. Well, the the uh, I can think of like three or four of them. There's there uh, sixteen like, games. There were like three or four of them. That, four of them that were good. I think it was it was it was the the Iowa Tennessee game. But even that yeah. was awful. That was a happened. blowout though. Yeah, yeah. and then that Iowa made an unbelievable comeback and it got great. But they were twenty five at one point. And then the Duke UCF game obviously was the highlight of the weekend. That that really saved it. Yeah, I mean that if and I think if. You, if Duke blow the worst outcome for that game would have been Duke blowing out UCF. Mm-hmm. Any other outcome, a Duke close win, a UCF close win, or a UCF blowout win would have made that weekend. You know, it would have been one of the top. It would have been the top game probably for the next three years. I would say. Yeah, but yeah. but it definitely did save the weekend. I will agree. So kind of going off of this whole first weekend. You know, again, let me calm myself down real quick. Uh, <laughs> You're all revved up. You're popping blood vessels. I'm. I'm really. Yeah. I'm really. Really. Uh, <laughs> I had to get it out. Uh, well, who would you say to, uh, is your biggest surprise of this tournament so far? And it could be based off of a team that's still in it. It could be based off of a team that went to the first round and ended up losing a close one in the second round. You know, what do you think it was based off the first weekend? Who you? Who was your surprise team that you got to watch? Um. Kind of like the way Houston looked, honestly. They looked, they were looked a little bit better than me than than I thought they would. Um, I was on their bandwagon earlier in the year, kind of dropped off of it. I didn't really like the way they closed the season. Um, I know it's Ohio State, and you know they were pretty down this year. And I actually was surprised that they beat Iowa State. First of all, um, even though you know I've been on record I saying I don't like the Big Twelve, but I like to. I mean, obviously Iowa State closed out the season great, won the Big Twelve tournament. I thought they'd handle Ohio State. Um, Ohio State really took them to them with the uh, with those brothers. I forget what are their names again. The uh, the big guy and I forget his name. Um, for who? For Ohio State. Uh, I can't remember the names. I know you're talking about that. Yeah, the, the brothers. Um, but Houston looked really impressive to me. I thought uh, against them on Sunday night, the end of the uh, the last game of the weekend. Um, and that's a team that certainly, if if we're looking to PJ Washington possibly being out. Uh, in the Sweet 16, which we, I mean, I don't think we've heard any word yet, but if he was still in a walking boot last weekend, I don't know if that bodes so well for his chances to play this weekend. Uh, that's a team that I think could uh, could definitely upset Kentucky. And then, you know, who knows what, what happens if they if they potentially have to play North Carolina in an Elite Eight. Um, but that's a team that I think is sneaky dangerous and, and looked a lot better to me than I thought they would. Yeah, so uh, my biggest surprise team was probably – Texas Tech too. That's another one. Yeah, I would say Texas Tech. Say them, yeah. For me, I think they're the biggest surprise. Now, I know they've been good all year, right? But they in the Big Twelve uh, play, they kind of, you know, let a few slip away, and some, you know, it kind of worried me a little bit because I have them in one of my brackets going to the Final Four. I think they're that good. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but to me, I felt that they kind of needed to show up this year in the NCAA tournament, especially after last year. They had a lot they had a good season last year, and they needed to kind of replicate that and kind of push their way through. And I feel like they got a pretty favorable bracket too. 
with, you know, Michigan, you know, we're pretty down, not down on Michigan, but we don't think they're as good as, you know, a lot of people think they are. They did. Yeah. That, that, that region's up for grabs too. I'll say, I think that's the most up for grabs one. Yeah. And Gonzaga to me is like, I mean, there will always be Gonzaga, but at the same time, I still feel like they're no, they can lose at any point. They're beatable. Yeah. So uh, to me, I think that Texas tech is probably a surprise because the way they went about, I know Northern Kentucky is not, you know, the biggest, you know, barn burner. We never thought it was going to be, but to see them kind of roll through them and then roll through Buffalo, who, is a decent team, right? I think they were a little bit – everybody's a little bit too high on them this year. But to roll through – you know, to have Texas Tech roll through them too like they did, blow them out, I felt that was really good for their confidence going into the Sweet 16 against Michigan. And then hopefully, you know, I want to see them kind of make the Final Four because I really don't want to see Gonzaga in there. No, I don't want to see Gonzaga either. I think that's – that to me is maybe the most uh... – Probably not the best teams in in terms of in terms of region play, but uh, I think those matchups are really compelling because I think any of those four teams can make it. My pick is Florida State, um, just because I had them going to the Final Four from the get go, um, and I think that's the team that's. I mean, I've talked about them long, athletic, can give teams a lot of problems. You know, on the defensive end, especially if you if you're not used to that type of length and athleticism, and they just throw athletes at you. They're not necessarily the prettiest team to watch, but their athleticism and defense will keep them in games, and they play really hard for Leonard, Leonard Hamilton. Um, they'd be my pick in that region, but I could also see Texas Tech. And, I mean, the other teams, too. I don't like Michigan as much, but, I mean, I didn't like them last year, and I got all the way to the championship game. So, anything could happen there. And then, and then going off kind of my biggest disappointment, I'm going to not take it and single it to a team. I'm going to make it about a conference, and that's the Big East Conference. Yeah, but uh, down, I'm with you. Especially after I wrote a nice article about them talking about how great the conference <laughs> is and how they've kind of taken themselves back into that picture of one of the, you know, getting going as one of the top conferences again. St. John's, I, I couldn't even believe they, what happened that. Yeah, it was ugly. I mean, that was atrocious. What that they was terrible. Sport against that didn't shock me as much because they've been so up and down and unpredictable all year. And Shimori Pons kind of checks in and out of games. So I, I, I wasn't counting on them, but. I did expect more out of the three other teams. Yeah, and then, I mean, Seton Hall, definitely a tough draw on Wofford, but I expected them to – I thought, you know, for sure they'd win that game. They had the height advantage. Uh, you kind of saw what you saw all kind of the second half of the season with Miles Powell where he kind of was – he either starts off hot and kind of slows down a little bit or he's slow in the beginning and then just lights it up everywhere. And for me to see them kind of lose that game, which ended up being – you know, if you look at just look at the score blowout, but obviously that if you watch the game, it's, it was a lot closer than the score will indicate. Uh, to me, that was really a big disappointment and letdown that after the season they had, after the run they had that last week, where you know we're talking about them being a bubble team after the loss to Georgetown and making a run, beating Marquette, beating Villanova, and then going to the conference tournament, beating Georgetown beating Marquette and losing by two to Villanova. I mean, to me, that was a huge letdown to see them kind of play the way they did against Wofford and get bounced early. Um, Marquette, I think they're the biggest disappointment, you know, of the, of the whole tournament so far, especially with A, their seeding, B, how everybody was so high on them. And they are a good team, but to see them just get rolled by Murray State was very disappointing. Uh, because Marquette, to me, I mean, the Hauser brothers, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> they are annoying, man. Uh, 
I absolutely despise them, Joey. Yeah. Hazard, but to me, they can carry a team, and they have carried Marquette a bunch of games this year when uh, Marcus Howard was hurt. You know, whether it be for the game or he wasn't having a great game, and he's carried. They, they've carried that team, and to see them kind of throw up duds. You know, Marcus Howard obviously went off, uh, but to see them get rolled by Murray State and Murray State, I get, I get it. John Morant's going to be a top three pick most likely. Uh, wouldn't even surprise me if he went number one. And if the Knicks have that pick, but if they don't, I really hope he does. Uh, so you know, to see Murray State kind of roll over them was really disappointing. Then Villanova, uh, I thought they played an excellent game against St. Mary's. Uh, very sound game, good offense, good defense. Did exactly what they needed to do to win. They and they knew it. And to see them get get trounced by uh, Purdue, yeah, uh, and a Purdue team that and. I would have to say that's probably the biggest fluke of the tournament. That me. was a fluke. That yeah. was such a fluke. I mean, not that Purdue. I mean, I, no, I, they're not good. Purdue, know, but Purdue is awful. Yeah, I don't think they're yeah. good either. And they, I was saying, and it made me look stupid because I'm telling everybody, I'm telling my dad, I'm telling my friends before, like, oh, they can win that game. Purdue stinks. Like most overrated team in the Big Ten. And then, I mean, Carson Edwards has shot them out of countless games this year. And it was just one of those nights, like, all right, anything this guy throws up is just going to go in. This is ridiculous. Like, they hit six of their first eight or nine threes or whatever, something stupid. Like, that was – I mean, they haven't, they haven't shot the ball like that all season long. Um, and it was definitely disappointing, but you could see it was a little fluky and it got out of hand early. And not that they weren't. I mean, looking back on it, Nova just wasn't, wasn't nearly as good this year. Um, Purdue might have been better anyway. But they play that game – nine more times, I guarantee you that doesn't happen oh. once at all again. No I chance. Mean, Purdue struggled to beat Old Dominion. Yeah. They, no, that, they, they struggled. It wasn't like, a oh, they blew out Old Dominion. They mm-hmm. almost lost that game. It was down to like six points with like two minutes left, you know? Yeah. Uh, so to see that, no, that's really disappointed me. I know, understand, it's probably a fluke. Uh, with what's his name, Carson Edwards hitting all those shots. Literally made every shot. Yeah. It's like seriously, he had over, he had over forty, I believe. Are you yeah, I, I was like, this guy. I've I've seen this guy jack up and miss countless shots all season long, and now he's just gonna make every yeah. single one. But to me, that was a really big letdown, especially on a Saturday night. Uh, you know, kind of prime time game to see, and then everybody's got to see Villanova lose. Yeah, no, I'm with you on the Big East. I thought that I thought it'd be a little better. You're right about the. Uh, in that Seton Hall game, they were coming back. They took the lead. I thought yeah. we were headed for a, for an epic finish. Miles Powell, you know, doing Miles Powell things down the stretch. And then, I mean, the defense just broke down. They let Fletcher McGee loose one too many times, and he got hot. And he, I mean, another similar story. Obviously, he's he's a better shooter than Carson Edwards. Um, you can't oh, lose. Yeah. But by the end of that, I mean, everything was dropping, and it turned into a, a blowout, even though it was a really close game throughout. Um, and, you know, it was funny. It was He couldn't get – anything to fall on Saturday against Kentucky, which probably leaves you even more frustrated. Like he just made all those shots against us and then go throws up an 0 for 12, I think from three against Kentucky. Um, and yeah, Marquette too. That one didn't surprise me as much just because how much they had been struggling at the end of the season. Um, but for a team with that much talent, supposedly a really good coach and Wojo, um, definitely a disappointing end of the season, and especially just to, I mean, not even put up a fight. I know it's John Morant, but the rest of that Murray State team really yeah. that great. And they just got wiped off the floor, too, which was surprising. Yeah, that to me is what – like, I'm not surprised Marquette lost. I'm surprised they got blown out. Like, Yeah. I mean, that game wasn't even close. I mean, that, at, at halftime, that game was close. Within three minutes after – in the second half, that game's over. <laughs> yeah. So, that's that's a fortunate thing to me. 
But enough about this past weekend. The past is the past, right? Can't change. That's right. <laughs> or watch our teams. Uh, but going up to this weekend, uh, who do you have? You know, what do you think of? Let's kind of break down each region real quick. So going off of the East region with the, the Sweet 16 matchups are Duke versus Virginia Tech and then LSU versus Michigan State. Who do we like in the Duke Tech game? So I like I like Duke. Um, shocker there to everybody out there. Um, but I think I mean Virginia Tech obviously in the same conference beat them just a couple weeks ago. That game was without Zion. Uh, was also in at Virginia Tech. Um, Virginia Tech's got some good players. Obviously Robinson, you know, who wasn't playing in that first game either when they beat Duke without Zion. He's back. You know, didn't really miss a beat at all this weekend. Closed out the game really strong against Liberty in the second round. Uh, Blackshear is a load inside. I think he's going to give Duke problems. He gave him a lot of problems the first time. Um, but I think Duke has too much firepower in a game like that. Um, obviously, Duke's lack of shooting really is is start. I mean, it didn't hurt them too much all year because they have so much talent. They only lost a couple games, you know, when you have guys like Zion and Barrett. But, I mean, if, in that UCF game, I mean, the whole second half, they were just leaving Trey Jones and Goldwire out there to shoot. Yeah. That was like Ben Simmons syndrome. You watch the Sixers games. I mean, guys just sit, sit in the paint and let him, you know, sit with 20 feet of airspace out there to fire away. And that's literally what UCF was doing. And they got a couple to go. For the most part, they were either hesitant or afraid to shoot or missed the shot when they took it. So, I mean, Virginia Tech would probably be wise to, to exact a similar strategy. Um, I just think too much talent, though, probably on Duke's end. They got their scare. You know, they played a little tight against UCF. They took their best punches. I think they'll come out a little bit more focused, um, a little bit more locked in on the defensive end, too. You know, they won't. I don't think they'll blow them out just because Virginia Tech's so familiar with them. Um, you know, they'll know how to limit some stuff. But I'm thinking probably like an 8-12 to 12 point Duke victory. Um, and then, yeah, eh, about that. I mean, it could be closer, and then Duke could pull away with some free throws. Um, but I think Duke wins. Yeah, so – to me, I think it's going to be uh, Virginia Tech coming out of that game. Ooh, wow. I think I think that Duke's not that great of a neutral court team. That's my opinion. Uh, and Virginia Tech getting to play in D.C., you know, I know it's not, you know, super close. It's not like a Georgetown-type game. But, you know, it's still driving distance away for a weekend. And I think they're going to make that stadium almost like a home game. Uh, and especially guys, you know, I'll, I'll shout out PJ here. I know he'll be rooting hard for Virginia Tech. I know a lot of his friends went to Virginia Tech. Uh, so that's kind of going to be a full force for them. And I think that Zion, Zion, right? He didn't. He to me, he didn't have the greatest game on Sunday, but still got his double double and whatnot. And you know, you he have just, to, He just plays hard, man. Yeah, that's just that's what he's going to do, and that's fine. You can you limit him as much as you can, and you let him get his points, his rebounds, his whatever, and just kind of control what you control for him. Uh, R.J. Barrett, obviously, I think he could be a top pick this year, and probably the best athlete, I would say. Uh, other, you know, him and John Morant are probably, you know, the best athletes, you know, coming into this draft. So, R.J. Barrett to me could probably win a game by himself if it's close. But at the same time, he kind of takes shots. That oh, the feels... worst shots, man. <laughs> yeah, he presses. That's what it he is. Really, I mean, no, he does. He's not – I mean, Zion is much more calm, cool, collective, and in the moment, not really letting anything bother him. I mean, you could see yeah. RJ when the game's getting tough. It's like, all right, I got to come down here and jack a three and get it all back, and it's usually a brick. Yeah, so – and to me, Blackshear's a load to handle down there. Uh, 
he'll get his points. Robinson will get his points. He did miss, like you said, he did miss that first game where Tech beat, uh, ended up beating Duke at home. So I think this game is going to be close, you know, probably come down to, I would say, probably the last basket. Uh, and then I think Tech pulls it out, though. I, I think they're ready to make a run. And Duke is just due for one of those games where and they had a great game last year against Kansas. Uh, almost threw up a nice uh, loss to UCF, and I think they're just due right now. And the defense, they the Virginia Tech, like you said, they'll be smart to kind of play that. Well, let go ahead, shoot. You know, Trey Jones yeah. is going to beat us with a three. Uh, Goal wire, you're not going to beat us with a three. Jack White. Those guys, yeah, those guys don't even play anymore. Yeah. Jack White and O'Connell, they're not even yeah. in the court. Yeah, exactly. Well, Goldwire is usually in there for defense. Goldwire is, yeah. Yeah, yeah but Trey Jones, you know, Really great defender, but man, learn how to shoot the ball. I, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked he can't shoot at all. You you play for Duke, you're bound to hit like two or three. I mean, come on. His brother could shoot. I don't get it. It wasn't didn't get passed down to him. I don't know. And then in that second game, uh, I think Michigan State. Actually, you know what? I think LSU might beat Michigan State. Michigan State is, you know, I know they're good and all, but I don't know if they have. You know, LSU is a really good team, though. You know, yeah, this game's fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah. If if I, it took me all season and a lot and then beating Maryland to finally say LSU is a good team, but I think that LSU kind of will pull away, and I think I think Virginia Tech makes it to the Final Four. If oh, man, right in Blacksburg, they're going nuts. Wow, that would be something. They're going. They're they've go- got the they've got the ability. Those I mean, Virginia Tech and Florida State definitely are the two wild card uh, ACC teams that people probably overlook that have a lot of talent that can make it. Um, I'm going with Michigan State in the other game. I kind of like – I mean, I'm with you there. It took me a while to, to come around on LSU. They certainly have the talent. Um, Could have easily got knocked off on Saturday. Blew a big lead to Maryland. I thought Maryland was going to win that game the way it was going down the stretch. Well, Maryland got the lead. Yeah, it seemed like they were going to win. And then Tremont Waters just stepped up, made a big play at the end. Um, I think that LSU probably, you know, probably a little bit more athletic, probably a little bit more talented. This Michigan State team has a lot of heart, man. I mean, we've, we've, we've talked about them this year. I mean, so many injuries, losing Joshua Langford, Nick Ward breaking his hand, coming back. He's not 100%, but he's gotten it out. They lost the uh, Aarons or Aarons, whatever his name is, another young player who's given him solid minutes. He broke his leg. I mean, and Cassius Winston, just a fearless leader, maybe one of the best leaders in college basketball. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, he totally settled them in that first-round game against Bradley, where Bradley actually had the lead in the final eight to ten minutes or whatever, and he just started going crazy. Um, so a lot of heart in that team, a lot of fight, obviously with Izzo, you know, this is their time of year. This is when they, they just know how to win high character guys. I think that'll eventually prevail over LSU's slight talent edge. Um, but I think this is, I think this could be the best game of the, of of the sweet 16. So you have, and who you have going to the final four. So I got, I think Duke eventually wins. I think the Michigan state, um, run and, and, you know, all the, all the perseverance and, adversity they face I think that I think that runs out against Duke I just think Duke's too talented too big I think they'll overwhelm him with athleticism I think Duke goes to the final four and then going into the west region we have matchups between Gonzaga and Florida State and Texas Tech and Michigan um so I obviously I I'm assuming since you said Florida State you have them going to the final four that you expect uh, big things from the Seminoles this weekend. I do. We touched on this region a little earlier. Um, I like the Seminoles, man. I think they made a run last year, which surprised some people. They're better this year. 
uh, more experience. Like I said, so much athleticism. Um, Savoy is really, you know, kind of their main bucket getter. He's been playing great. Um, I think Gonzaga's vulnerable, man. And I mean, we saw it obviously in the uh, in the conference tournament final, losing to St. Mary's. Can't make too big of a deal of that. Um, I mean, they rolled pretty easily over Baylor, but you know, Baylor stinks, so I can't take too much away from that. Um, and I just, I just think this team's beatable, man. I mean, they're they play a very, you know, sound system, sound structure. They're good. Don't get me wrong. They're very good. They're always good. They're always well coached. But I think Florida State's a team that, with athleticism and defense, can take them out of what they want to do. Um, I like Florida State in that game. And in the other game, I'm with you on Texas Tech. Um, I haven't been a huge Michigan fan all year, as I've said, uh, even though they, they did look impressive against Florida last weekend. Um, but I like the way Texas Tech's playing, man. Um, got to the Elite Eight last year before they lost to Nova. Um, I think they're going to get back there again. They, they to me, along with uh, with Houston, were the two most impressive teams I saw uh, that I didn't really expect to see them play that well over the weekend. Um, I thought Buffalo was actually going to win that game, and that game was over, you know, by the start of the second half. Um Another team that just, you know, plays with great pace. Made, you know, probably is making a little bit more shots than, than they normally do. Um, but they're rolling right now. I think they're going to beat Michigan. And I like Florida State to beat Texas Tech then to get to the Final Four. Yeah, so I agree with everything that you just said, except I think Texas Tech goes to the Final Four over Florida State. That game's a toss-up. Yeah, I'll have to see. Um, I guess I'll have to get a little bit more perspective, you know, when I see them playing in, in the Sweet 16 game. But assuming that's the matchup, I just I think you know that's two teams that got to the elite eight last year too. That, yeah, uh, that both fell short. So that'll be that'll be interesting if that if that ends up being the matchup to see which one can get over the hump. Um, I just like Florida State just because you know they play better competition all year. I think you know like I keep saying you know the athleticism, the size. I, I think that catches up with teams and can overwhelm you. So I, I'm picking them. Yeah, um, I think Texas Tech is just the one of the most complete teams in the country. Uh, and I think they're rolling right now. They're pretty hot. I mean, they lost in the Big Ten tournament to uh, Nebraska, but they're hot right now. Rolling, you know, rolling into this weekend. I don't think. I think they beat Michigan. Michigan, like you said, if we haven't been high on them all year, I think they're pretty overrated for what they are. Uh, Florida State, one of the most exciting teams to watch every tournament. I feel like. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Gonzaga, definitely vulnerable. Uh, they give up a lot of points. The problem is that they score a lot of points. So if you can kind of slow them down offense, you're definitely winning that game for Florida State. So, But I have Texas Tech going to the Final Four. So we have a matchup. So you have a matchup of Duke, Florida State. I got an ACC Sweet 16. Or it's Final Four, excuse me. And then I have Texas Tech, Virginia Tech. A little Tech battle right there. Woof. So Contrast, that would be – Virginia Tech, Texas Tech, imagine no. that was in the Final Four. That, that just, Man, that's that, what you say. Oh. That would mind blow some <laughs> That would mind blow everybody. You heard it here first. Yeah. You played. <laughs> uh, so going into the South region, we have uh, Virginia facing Oregon. Uh, to me, I think Virginia rolls that game. Oregon's good. They're hot. But Virginia's going to be too tough, uh, too much defense for them. Uh, so I think Virginia goes to the Final Four, by the way, in this bracket. And then – with Tennessee Purdue, that's like the that's like the least intriguing. I match. could give to. I was just gonna say I don't give a shit about that game. This yeah. is the most uninteresting region I think of the four that's left. Uh, yeah, and I mean Tennessee is good. Uh, 
I think they beat Purdue pretty handily. I would love to see Purdue make it close, but uh, I think Tennessee ends up winning that game. And then I think the Virginia is again too much for uh, Tennessee, especially a Tennessee team that seems to that take loves to take plays off. <laughs> they, oh yeah, they do. They'll they, let you back in the game, absolutely. Yeah, and that's how they, you know, to Iowa. Obviously, they're up big, and they just let them back in the game, and it almost cost them. They almost lost. Yeah. So, uh, but to me, I got Virginia coming out of that bracket. Yeah, like I said, this is the most uninspiring region uh, of teams left. I think it was probably the most uninspiring region at the start too. A lot of teams that play, you know, grinding, slow, ugly basketball. Um, I do think the uh, I do think the UVA Oregon game might be closer than than you think and than what people think. Um, just because Oregon's playing so well right now, I mean Pritchard has really got that team locked in. Yeah, you can see he's playing his best basketball right now. He's got Final Four experience. He was he was the starting point guard on that uber talented team they had two years ago with all those guys with Brooks and Dorsey and Jordan Bell and Boucher. That was a great team, um, and he's really the lone guy left that played on that team. So he knows what it takes. Um, I think they're going to give Virginia a decent game. I think in the end, you're probably right. Too much defense there. I think Virginia could pull away and win in the end. But I, ex- I expect that game to be close throughout. Um, but with Virginia eventually winning. Uh, and then I, the other game just, I mean, like we said, I think Purdue stinks. I think that was a total fluke, what happened against Nova. Um, Tennessee is, you know, I think they're way more talented. Again, you know, they, they take plays off. They'll let you back in the game. I could easily see them getting up by 20 again and, letting Purdue sneak it back to, to single digits. Um, but in the end, I think I think Tennessee's got way, way more talent than Purdue. And you can't count on Carson Edwards shooting the ball like that two games in a row. So I think Tennessee moves on. I actually think that would be – that could be a, a very intriguing Elite Eight game, Virginia-Tennessee. Kind of two teams that are that are definitely good, but two teams that it sort of feels like can't get out of their own way at times, um, especially when the games matter most. We've seen Virginia obviously choke in the tournament. We've seen Tennessee kind of blow some games this year and certainly, you know, played down to their competition at times and let teams back in the game. So that would be fascinating to me, you know, sort of, you know, what team can be more disciplined and, and play their brand of ball more. So that's a contrast, you know, contrasting styles too. Tennessee likes to get up and down. They shoot a lot of threes, overwhelm you with athleticism. Virginia likes to slow you down, you know, control the game with defense, you know, run the shot clock down, take good shots, all that. So that that would I think that could be a really fun game. Um, I actually think Tennessee would kind of would win that game, just because I mean I can't yeah, until Virginia gets to a Final Four with Tony Bennett and, and playing this way, I can't pick them. Um, and not that I have uh, it's a ringing endorsement of Tennessee because I don't have a ton of confidence in them either. I'm just gonna go with the talent there. I think Tennessee gets out of this region. Yeah, uh, to me, I just think Virginia's defense is too much especially for a Tennessee team that, like we said, takes off plays. Uh, they seem to struggle with ball shooting. You know, long, I mean, they don't just go through stretches. They go through long stretches of struggling to shoot the ball. Uh, and Virginia, they're not loaded on offense, but they're definitely grind-em type guys on offense who can get the job done. And I think that puts them away. I don't think it's a blowout if they play Tennessee, but I definitely think it's, you know, coming down to the point where Tennessee's fouling with a minute and a half left trying to kind of scrape their way into win. Uh, and then going off to our last region, uh, the Midwest, we have the Tar Heels of North Carolina facing the Auburn Tigers, who everybody uh, is getting to see is a very exciting team. And it's what most of us expected going into the season as they started as a top 10 team in the country. Uh, and then we got Houston versus Kentucky, which I think, personally, is going to be the best game of the weekend. 
Yeah, I'm pumped about this 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 region. Definitely, um, the matchups jump out to you. Um, like I said earlier, if, if PJ Washington's not playing, which we don't have any word yet, I think Houston could definitely pull that upset. Uh, I haven't liked the way Tennessee or Kentucky's really looked recently. Losing to Tennessee in the uh, in the SEC tournament, kind of uninspiring against Wofford. They did a good job against Fletcher McGee defensively, uh, but really struggled to score in that game. And as we go deeper into this tournament, not having PJ Washington, you know that's that, that's going to rear its ugly head, I think. Um, because together, I mean, as good as Reed Travis is, they, they kind of need both of them in there to overwhelm you down low. And with both of them in there, there's really nothing you can do. You can't stop both of those guys from getting you know getting their points inside, crashing the glass. But if it's just one of them, it makes it a little bit easier because the rest of those Kentucky big guys, you know, I'm not I'm not all that high on. Um, that's a pick'em game to me. If Washington's playing. And, you know, if he's, like, able to play, if he's not just a decoy out there on one leg, um, I so, think he wins. So, before, before you make your pick for that game, yeah. I believe I did see today that P.J. Washington's getting his cast off and that he will be likely to play this weekend at some point. Likely to play. I don't know if he's playing that first game, but I believe I did see today that he's likely to play this weekend. Who? Mm. I think this is a tough one to pick. Um, I'll say Kentucky pulls it out, even though I really like the way that Houston's played. Um, they've played so well in this tournament. Um, but I th- I'll say Kentucky pulls it out. I think that uh, they should still have enough, even even if Washington's on 100% to win. But I think that could be a great game going right down to the wire. Um, and the other game I'm fascinated by, too. I think this could this, along with a couple other ones that we touched on, has the chance to be the best game of the Sweet 16. Two teams that talk about, you know, getting up and down the court. These are This is the best, you know, maybe the two fastest teams in the tournament left, and they're playing each other in the Sweet 16. UNC and Auburn um, both like to jack a lot of threes. You're going to see a lot of fast breaks even after makes shots, you know, within 10 seconds of the shot clock. Both teams probably going to score 80, 90 points, maybe even 100. Um, I think in the end, UNC probably just has too much. Talk about a team that might be the most impressive in the country right now. I think I think they're right up there. Uh, I mean, their offense is humming on all cylinders right now. They're even getting production out of Nasir Little, who you know before the year was projected to be a top five NBA pick, and really looked completely lost and clueless for the oh. whole season. He's looked so bad at times, um, but he had the best game I've seen him play. Uh, you know, in, in this season at Carolina uh, against. I mean, I know it's Washington, but he really asserted himself. He was he was showing his athleticism even made a three. He was a beast inside. Um, if they can get even close to something like that out of him, you know, against an athletic Auburn team, Auburn team, well, they'll probably need him a little bit. Um, I think, I think UNC probably has too much firepower in the end. Is the better defensively too, you know, Kenny Williams and, and those guys on the perimeter. Um, Kobe White too, who's been, you know, all world recently. Cam Johnson, one of the best players in the country this year. Um, they probably, I think they're, they might be my national my national championship pick right now with the way they're playing. Um, oh. I think I think Auburn will play them well. Oh. I think UNC wins in the end. Um, oh. I th- and I think I think UNC beats Kentucky too. Even though Kentucky did beat them earlier in the year, um, I think UNC is a much better team right now. Um, especially like I said, if, if Washington is not a hundred percent, I think with the way those guys are playing with White um, and Johnson, I think it's too much firepower. I think Carolina goes to the Final Four. I, I was like, what are you talking about? Auburn winning it all? No, 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 no. Carolina. North Carolina. <laughs> Auburn's playing well, though. I mean, Bruce Pearl's got those guys believing. Um, obviously winning the SEC championship and 
and making a run right now and just absolutely throttling Kansas. I think they're going to put up a good fight, but I think it'll come up short. So I'll tell you what I think is really good for this tournament. Charles Barkley eating cupcakes. At, <laughs> at, oh, yeah, Charles and Kenny matching up here. Stuffed, uh, oh, man, that's going to that's gonna be must-watch. That's <laughs> right. That is, we get, that game's Friday, right? Like, oh, it's a Friday man. night game. Yeah, I believe yeah. so. Can we get a pregame show? Just that yeah, we do all that 100%. You know they'll be dressed up. Maybe throw, maybe throw Shaq there in his LSU uniform. Oh, no. Oh, oh man. We don't need that. That <laughs> we would do be. need that, though. I would, I would just honestly, I wouldn't even care about the games at that point. I just watch that. Yeah. <laughs> Keep watching it. But, you know they've got some bet already. Oh my god! I can only imagine what's going on. Uh, but I think North Carolina, if they keep playing the way they're playing, uh, lots of points. Like we said, Colby White, I think, is one of the top players. I thought he was, you know, he was kind of. I felt like a little bit. A little bit kind of down and out where he had a little, a little streaky, earlier. yeah. But he's been playing awesome, uh, you know, throughout the AC, ACC tournament, kind of towards the end when they played Duke for the first time. Uh, and since then, he's been playing lights out. So I think if they can play well, just like they've been, that this game isn't close. Auburn, you know, I know that the, it's like everybody says you live by a three, die by a three. Um, and I think at some point, you're going to die by a three if that's your mentality. Uh, and Auburn, to me, is another one of those teams that's extremely streaky. I mean, we saw just two weeks ago, they just kind of – I know the Florida game in the SEC tournament, you know, it was close, and they probably – you know, Florida got a chance at the end. But, man, I do not think uh, Auburn wins this game at all. I don't know, and I know I probably should be a little bit more high on Auburn, but to me, they're just not impressive. Uh <laughs> I think they'll slow down a little really? bit. Really? Not even after that that Kansas game? I mean, I know Kansas no. was a I mean, they, if they, they kicked the crap out of them. I mean, to me, it's like I'm not – like Florida – Florida went – beating Florida in the SC tournament, yeah, you know, that's what I expected. Beating Tennessee, uh, you know, in the SC championship, yeah, I didn't expect it, but I definitely could see it. Especially because I'm, um, you know, we're always down on Tennessee with the way they play. Mm-hmm. Going into the first round, where they played, who they play? New Mexico State. I thought, I yeah, mean, that was oh, they tried to get that game, game away. I don't want to get into yeah. that game. Almost gave me a heart attack. Yeah, that was not a ringing endorsement I mean, of them. The way, the way they, that way, that last like kind of ten seconds went. Was yeah, real. I mean, they were they were trying in every way, shape, and form to give that game away. Yeah, if you're if you're some sort of basketball fan listening, uh, and you play basketball, that's definitely not how you should coach your team. Just when... Don't just don't watch that ever. <laughs> or if you're a coach, just show your team film on how to not blow a game. In the last yeah. Two. <laughs> so to me, uh, I'm not overly impressed by them. Uh, like you said, that Kansas team is not the same. We talked about that all year. So to me, I think North Carolina rolls this game. The next game, Houston, Kentucky, Houston. You know, I'm really always down in the AAC. I just think it's bad basketball. Houston, though, I think Kelvin Sampson's done a tremendous job there. Uh, but at the same time, Kentucky's Kentucky. You know, this is kind of where if they can get past the first weekend, this is where it's like, you know, we talked about it with the with the NFL play also with the Yankees or the Lakers back in the day or whoever. You know, it's business once you get to this part. So I think P.J. Washington plays even, you know, if he's not 100%. I think 
Kentucky makes this game extremely close, but I think Houston could pull it out in the end. Uh, see, I kind of just changed my mind here. I think Kentucky wins. <laughs> and I think North Carolina then – and North Carolina and Kentucky, I think North Carolina goes uh, you know, to the Final Four. I don't think Kentucky can – I don't think P.J. Washington himself and Kentucky can sustain you know, going up, up against another big big name team who can run up and down the court. So, uh, so for me, my final four looks like Texas Tech, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and North Carolina. Man, a little. Yeah, so the only one we agree on there is the Midwest with UNC. Well, oh yeah, because you didn't. Yeah, because I got I got Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. And then yours is Duke, FS, Duke Florida, State, Florida State, yeah, the North Carolina. Yeah. So well. We'll see. We'll discuss it all next week. We will see. Contrasting so, opinions. I love it. Lots to talk about. Yeah, it's gonna be. It'll be a fun one, and then we'll dive in. You now, after the season's over, we'll dive into our who the Knicks should pick first. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus! We got the NFL draft first, though. Uh, no one cares we'll, about that. We'll be <laughs> Josh Jacobs, baby, to the birds. Twenty-five. I can care, care less if Kyler Murray goes first. I'd rather know where Zion Williamson <laughs> going. I hear you. <laughs> so, yeah. well, the Knicks game's gonna be starting soon. <laughs> so there this concludes another one of our fantastic podcast uh so make sure you tune in and you know send it to all your friends family whatever uh follow us on jokermag.com you know great stuff coming out of the site follow us on twitter at jokermag and then follow us on sneaky play at sneaky plays on twitter i I have no clue what the Twitter handle is, but I think it's at Sneaky Players. I think that's what it is. But, <laughs> but you know, look us up. You'll you'll see. We'll be tagged in the podcast. Um, so lots of great stuff coming from. This podcast was brought to you by JokerMag.com, home of the underdog.